Well, before I jump into this study, I just wanted to, um, first of all, Redeemer, just thank you so much for your generosity. Um, I got a word back from Buck that you all just rallied and gave a ton of food to the ESL students, and I just wanted to thank you for that. I uh, was online uh, this morning with the elders and deacons and the Wetzels and just working through what a benevolence plan is going to look like um, just so that we can um, just maximize the effect that we can have not only on our community, but just also the community around us as a church. And just wanted to say um, how grateful we are for Jason and Jen and Scott and just all the work that they're putting into uh, just how we can get money out into the community. Uh, thank you, Wessels. Thank you, Scott. Um, also, just want to thank you for your generosity, Redeemer. Um, just thank you. Uh, just one person uh, just handed a check of $10,000 uh, to Redeemer just to the Benevolence Fund in response to Dale's um, great message uh, that he released on video this week. I just want to thank you guys for your generosity. Um, also want to um, ask you all to pray. Uh, pray for Mark and Mike and Laura Accardi. Uh, he works for FEMA and is obviously on the front lines right now. Um, pray for Mike and Kim Bellamy. He's working for Kaiser Permanente and is obviously working a tremendous amount right now. Pray for Dan and Jessica. They are good friends of ours and neighbors of ours living here um, in Arlington Forest. And also please pray for um, Marshall and Aaron. Aaron works at uh, Children's Hospital and is just working a tremendous amount. Um, so if you got your Bibles open, we're going to um, turn to John 13 and consider this a, a Bible study. Um, it's Wednesday night, and we're going to spend a little bit of time in John 13, and then we're going to go to Ecclesiastes and um, go to James. So um, again, just consider we're in a community group together, and um, we're studying the book of John, going through the upper room discourse. Um, when I was in seminary, I had a good friend who uh, would sit next to me in class, and he had a watch and I didn't, and I was regularly asking him, especially if the class was boring, uh, what time it was. And um, first few times that I asked him what time it was, uh, he would just put his watch over in front of me. And uh, about the sixth time, I looked at him and I asked him, I said, do you actually know how to tell time? And he kind of sheepishly grinned at me and he, he said, no, he didn't know how to actually tell time on his watch. And, you know, it actually is very difficult to tell time. And I learned this when my children were growing up, um, how hard it is to teach a child and how many hours and months and I would say even a year it takes a long time to uh, teach a child how to tell time on a clock. Um, it is interesting to me how we think about time, um, that time is something to be managed. Um, I, listen, I love time management books, um, but time management is kind of an oxymoron if you really think about it. I mean, really try to manage time. Um, tasks can be managed, but uh, to manage time really is an oxymoron. I was... Uh, sitting outside on the deck two days ago with my daughter and we were having a conversation about the state of Virginia canceling school. And for her, that is a tough time um, because for her as a senior, um, it's almost as if time has stopped because 
with her, school being canceled means proms canceled, graduations canceled, senior experiences canceled, and you know, for all the students who are at Wakefield and WNL and Yorktown, that that's a that's a tough time. And she said to me, she said, Dad, I I never knew that um, that would be my last day of school. Um, you know, telling time is not just a question about clocks and watches. Um, time is an interesting thing. Um, we can't stop time. We can't go back on time. We can't fast forward time. We can't really control time. Uh, we can read time and we can read the seasons of time. And one of the things that I want to point out to you in this text in John chapter 13 is this text is time bound. Um, and there is, there's an interesting thing about the time and the season that all of Jerusalem is in, but, but Jesus is using his time very differently. You see, the Jerusalem was celebrating. It was Passover. It was Passover time. And that, that is a high holy day. That is a, that's a time of celebration. It's a, it's a party time. It's a time of feasting. Um, but Jesus knew the times. Um, it says in 13 verse 1, it was just before the Passover feast, and Jesus knew that the time had come. Clearly, he knew his time had come. What time was it for Jesus? It was his time to go and be with the Father. As Jerusalem was celebrating, um, Jesus was teaching. Uh, he was teaching and training his people, his church. It was an intense time of training and discipling. Jesus knew his time had come. Um, Jesus knew the ancient rabbinical traditions of times and seasons. Uh, he knew it was Passover. He knew what time it was. Um, the question that I want to ask you is, do you know how to tell time? Um, do you know what time it is? Do you know what season you're in? Uh, because it actually is difficult to tell time. As a follower of Jesus Christ, it is at times very difficult to tell what season we're in. Um, now, what do I mean by that? Well, someone who was um, very wise, uh, who lived a life that we dream about, his name was Solomon in um, Ecclesiastes, he he talks about this. He talks about seasons. He talks about times. He, he says there's an opportune time to do things and a right time for everything on the earth. There's a right time for birth. There's another for death. There's a right time to plant and another to reap. There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal. There's a time to destroy and another to construct. There's a time to cry and another time to laugh. There's a time to lament. There's a time to cheer, a time to love, a time to abstain, a time to embrace, a time to part, a time to search, a time to count your losses, a time to hold on and another time to let go. There's a time to reap. There's a time to mend. There's a time to shut up and there's a time to speak up. There's a time to love and there's a time to hate and there's a time to wage war and there's a time to make peace. And, but in the end, what difference does it make? Does anybody know? I've had a good look at what God has given to us. He's given us work, mostly. 
Um, God has made everything beautiful in itself and in its time. Um, he's give, given us seasons. He's given us times. And so right now, what is this time? And have you really thought about it? Because it's so easy to want just the time to stop, just the clock to stop. And we just endure it and just hope that it goes away. And my encouragement to you as your pastor is, I don't think that's wise. Um, I think God has given us seasons and times where we do stop. And with Jesus, we understand and know the time. What time is it? And we ask ourselves the question and we ask the Lord, what season is this? What time is this? The Lord's half-brother, James, I think gives us some direction in this. In James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That's what I want. That's what, what I want for myself, and that's what I want for us as a church. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Okay, so we're going through a test, and a, a, a trial. What, what is a trial? A trial is something outside of our circumstance that we cannot control, that may reveal something in us that is immature and incomplete in our faith. Let me repeat that. A trial is something outside of our circumstance that we cannot control, that reveals something in us that is immature and incomplete about our faith. And that is what is the great joy in this text. And the joy is not the trial and the test. The joy is that we get to see God more clearly because our faith becomes more complete and mature. In these seasons of tests, in these seasons of waiting, in these seasons, God actually can and will mature our faith. Don't you want that? I want that. One of the joys that I've seen in this season, in this time, as I have spent praying and thinking through immaturities in my own heart, is I've seen some things. I've seen some things that I've had to repent of. You know, as, as I've watched the stock market crumble, I've also seen my retirement crumble. And I've seen that I have trusted in my retirement account more than I've trusted in the Lord. I have trusted in money more than I have trusted in the Lord. And that was a hard one for me to see. But one of the reasons why I wanted to preach out of John 13 so much is because John 13 helped me see and repent of that immaturity and that sin and that idolatry, is that I was trusting in something good, money, and I was making something good, money, something ultimate. And that's what idolatry is, is you take something that God has given you, something really good, and making it something ultimate making it my hope. And there was, it was about three o'clock in the morning, three nights ago, where I was just on my knees, just asking the Lord for forgiveness, saying, why would I put my faith and hope in that? When in John 13, I see in this text 
a creator, a God, a savior, and a servant who would even get on his knees and clean the grime of Jerusalem off his disciples' feet, and then the next day get on a cross to die for the sins of the world. I mean, what a trustworthy savior I have to put my hope in. What more of a savior do I want? What more of a hope do I want? I mean, what what more of a secure hope I have in Jesus than in the Dow Jones? I mean, it's just ridiculous. That's what time it is. I think right now it's, it's a time to look at our faith. It's a time to see where are we immature? Where are we incomplete? It's a time to look at our own hearts. What are the good things that God has given us that we have made ultimate? It's a time to see our weaknesses. We're we're living in close proximity with a lot of people. And when we live in close proximity with a lot of people, weaknesses come out. And when you live in close proximity with a lot of people and their weaknesses come out, what is it an opportunity time to do? It's a time to learn how to be forbearing. It's a time to learn how to be patient. It's a time to learn what the Apostle John truly says that love covers over a multitude of sins. Maybe it's a time to learn how to lament. Maybe it's a time to learn how to lament to God because you're angry. And maybe you've not learned how to lament. And maybe now is a time for you to learn how to lament. Maybe it's a time for you to learn how to cast your anxieties upon the Lord and fears upon the Lord and truly see who really is in control. Maybe it is a time for you to look at John 13 and to see that Jesus is really your servant and your savior, uh, that he has power over all things. And this is what I mean about learning how to tell time. Um, It's during seasons of trial and testing like this that we really do learn how to tell time. And so, Redeemer, that is my encouragement to you today. And it's 11.05 now, and I've uh, taken enough of your time. And so I pray that this little Bible study is helpful for you and your small group. And so I just want to say I love you, and God bless you.